I almost let out a little burp right there because I didn't know we were recording. I would get that wrong. Hello, Sarah. How many episodes <laughs> have you done? Don't burp. Episode Welcome. 28, things we got wrong. Yes. How you doing? I, I'm doing great. I had a lot of fun listening to these two episodes. Um, I think the guests were really exciting. One of the episodes we did was like Men We Love, and we had three different interviews with uh, some, you know, the guys we love. And, um, <laughs> including TJ Lavin, which was really fun. Yeah. And, uh, we also talked a lot about mental health and serial killers and good versus evil and the mind. Mm-hmm. And I could just hear the curiosity and enthusiasm in our voice as we like talk about just I know. that subject weird because i do not have it anymore i know and it's almost like i listened to myself and i was like i was just learning about all that stuff you know i was in Mm. grad school at the time and Mm. so i was very like i had all the yes i had all the Mm. information but i i i hadn't seen it out there in the world as much as i have or experienced it now Mm -hmm. And you can only read so much in a book, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So what, your perspective's different now? Uh, I think maybe it was a little bit of that, like, optimism, thinking that you, that, That if you know about everything, then you could help and fix everything. Mm -hmm. And I think I've learned that that is not the case, that you can Mm -hmm. have the information, but people only want to help themselves. They only want help if they want help and people are only ready to change if they want to change. And Mm -hmm. people are only ready to, uh, uh, you know, even admit that they've done wrong if they're ready to you can even see that in some of the conversations we had about like chuck manson (laughs) that that guy is not going to there's no helping there is no amount of logic no amount of reasoning no amount like with a lot of of these situations yeah well okay so that's episode 60 that's yeah um and then we did episode 59 which is the men we love one but like if we're talking about episode 60 with all that stuff, it's um, – you know how people talk about how they want to get rid of the stigma about mental health? Yes. And it's almost like they act like they just can't figure out why there is one. And this is so silly. It's just like a broken leg and whatever. And it isn't. It and is not. It is – because I can fix a broken leg real easy and it's pretty much the same on every person. Yeah. It, there's a yes. set way oh, very to good point fix a broken bone but if your brain is broken you, you there might be no cure whatsoever right. or treatment right and it could be different for each person and it's forever 
There is forever. no, a broken leg is like, you said it, you put it in a cast, mm-hmm. six weeks later, you're running again. Mm-hmm. I can take my ADHD meds every day. Mm-hmm. I will not wake up on one day and not have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Which, after right. listening to that episode, I realized was exactly what was wrong. That was the one diagnosis that I missed in that list of things. I was like, maybe I'm bipolar. Maybe I have, you know, this. Maybe I have that. Nope. ADHD okay, yeah, checks all those boxes. In that episode, you said that you were learning about bipolar. And of course, you felt like you checked a lot of the symptoms mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like signs. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying you don't. Uh, or just you're can, saying that there's a lot of overlap with symptoms. There's a lot of overlap. The staying up late is really just a hyper focus. You know, when somebody mm-hmm. with ADHD gets like in the zone and they're really focused on doing something, like I think I mentioned like drawing or some art project and mm-hmm. or organizing or something like that, I'm very focused on that one thing. And and when I'm in that zone, time seems to disappear, which will often keep me up at night. But and and the racing thoughts that's ADHD, mm-hmm. and then I do that for a few days, a little while, and then crash because you know that's unsustainable. Well, the, that's another reason, though, why there is I don't know if that contributes to a stigma, but it it contributes to confusion because yeah. that with the fact that pretty much all of the mental illnesses. <laughs> have the same symptoms makes you think like somebody's making something up. (laughs) 100%. And are we leaving listening to that fucking DSM? Because that thing is stupid. Throw out the whole book. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and (laughs) say it. Oh, I did not see this coming. Oh, I cannot stand having to diagnose people. I think that I'm, I am very lucky to work in private practice and not take insurance where I don't have to do that as much. Insurance requires us to, because it has to be mental, uh, 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 medically necessary. So they have, if insurance is pay for it, paying for it has to, is this medically necessary to do? And w- in order to provide therapy, they have to have a diagnosable illness. Yeah. Just like forcing me to like pick, check a box. Luckily we had the pandemic, which is adjustment disorder because I can just be like, okay, everybody's just having trouble adjusting to, you know, I did that one for a while, but mm-hmm. it, it is so, uh, okay. I put, I'll put it this way. I just got switched my health insurance back to what I used to have in California. And when that happened, uh, now all of the records are all digital. So when I got my logged into my insurance again, I had 10 years of medical records where they have your diagnosis, diagnosis all listed. And mm-hmm. so I clicked on like previous like medical history and it goes back to like 2016 I have been diagnosed by so many people with so half of them did, uh, uh, some of them did social anxiety, some of them. And that those were the people after the challenge, when I came home from the challenge, it was like, I don't really want to go outside and I don't want social anxiety. Then I got depression. Then I got anxiety disorder. And then once the ADHD, then it was six years of ADHD. And I was like, when were they going to tell me that they diagnosed me with ADHD? They should really do that. I could have gone on meds a long time ago, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so, I- so even, even with four different or five different, uh, uh, therapists, everybody had a different diagnosis and like, what the hell? 
Right. Everybody that's will diagnose a broken know. leg the same. Yeah, that's that leg what I is mean. broken. It's so. What's the word? Uh, uh, like just left up. To, yes, thank you. Subjective. Yeah. It's subjective and based right. on what so you're telling the therapist. It's another thing that makes people think like, "What? Is, this is mumbo jumbo." Because a lot of what you just described, like adjustment disorder, what makes it disorderly? Just when if you have trouble with adjusting, function. yeah. To me, that's just life. Like correct. That, like it's so, to some extent, they all just sound like emotions. Like depression is sad, anxiety is anxiety. <laughs> like having difficult time adjusting or whatever. These just sound like um, human emotions and human experiences. Whereas yeah, they're almost physical like a heightened ailments. state of all those. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. going to say physical ailments are, you know, they're not just a part of like a normal life. That right. Some, right. You know, it's like a, uh, we yeah. see it on the x-ray yes. or whatever. It's like a separate thing. Yeah. This is yes. more integrated into who the person is and your personality and So why do stuff. we want to I'm like, am I really fun or uh, do I just have ADHD? Like default, I'm probably pretty boring and pretty, you know regular, mm-hmm. but spiced up a little ADHD and woo, good times podcast. Well, so when did you fall out of love with the mm-hmm. DSM? Uh, when we read, uh, uh, the psychopath test. Okay. And I learned about how they wrote the DSM mm-hmm. and how it was like, five white guys in a building, you know, and then by, they were there for a long time. And then by the end of it, we're like, I just put this in, like, you know, they were like throwing shit together. And, and Mm -hmm. the last version or the version in 1978, not the last version, but like two versions ago had being gay as a mental disorder. So are Mm -hmm. we really going to fucking listen to what's, you know, the spectrum right. disorders have, have widened and, and uh, you know, now we look at a, a wider range of, of behaviors and symptoms that fit inside there. And so what you're saying is like, it sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. And it's only for answer? insurance purposes. That is it. That is the only, because it really doesn't, there's all those different diagnoses that I received did nothing to benefit my life, did nothing that they can diagnose me this, diagnose me this, diagnose me this. None of them provided a solution or a cure. And in a way, the treatment would all be the same. You know, treatment mm-hmm. is going to be similar no matter what. And so it is only in my mind for insurance purposes. And so mm-hmm. we could have a fucking number to put on there to bill with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have a pre-existing condition and it's like, right. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, I have a clip from that episode where I, I'm talking about how one of the problems with mental illness is that you're asking for someone with a broken brain to determine whether they have a broken brain, which is like a yeah. bit of a, okay. Yeah. Let me play. <laughs> Technically you can legally drink and drive. Mm-hmm. You just can't drink and drive past a certain point. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have to make that choice after you're impaired. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's sort of like that with mental illness where like, he doesn't think he's crazy, uh, but yet he's probably has something, some sort of personality disorder or whatever. Absolutely. And you know how they always say, anybody that says they're crazy mm-hmm. isn't crazy. Right. Because crazy people don't think they're crazy. Right. So like, what mm-hmm. is the remedy for that conundrum? What is the remedy? Suze, I when I listened back to that, I was like, damn, that is such a good analogy because yeah. you aren't able to then make the decision. Right. Why are we putting that in? So, the and hands even, of the even like seeking help, like it explains why so many people don't. And I think about how if I want to have healthy relationships and I want to be able to manage my life in, in the best way, I have to recognize that I have a different brain. But if you don't have any incentive or any reason to do that, say you are somebody who is decide, chosen to be single and is like, nope, no, a relationship isn't for me. And you don't mm-hmm. have anybody like... Uh, you know, often they'll say people who have uh, like borderline personality disorder will not go to therapy unless they are in a relationship or have a family member that says, I will, that holds a boundary and says, I, I can't be in a relationship with you unless you do this. That's mm-hmm. usually what's, what gets them there. So it's only when we have other people to kind of like bounce things off of or, or reflect. I think we talked about that in the episode, kind of reflect some of these behaviors or do that, that social comparison, like, huh, mm-hmm. it seems like this is easier for somebody else. Or maybe the person we're in a relationship with goes, I need you to work on these things in order for me to stay in this relationship. And mm-hmm. I think those kind of external, uh, uh, I don't know, pressures, those are the things that then push people who have mental illness to seek help. Mm-hmm. But if there's yeah. no relationship, if there's nothing to be lost, you know, then, or you're surrounded by people who are like, everybody's kind of ignoring the problem. Or, yeah. Or like if you're rich and they it. don't want to be disinherited <gasps> or something. Yes. Oh my know, God. I didn't the, think about that. Good point. I always think about that. Cause I'm like, if you have, cause I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) There is no one with any money as far as the eye can see. So Mm -hmm. I've never had to think like, I should probably watch what I say because I don't want to. Cause that, that's a high stakes, you know? Yeah. I, I, uh, 
You know, it's funny as I, I recently thought about that with, with my dad's side of the family who I've, I've been no relationship with, totally cut off from those people got money. <sighs> I looked up their house in Menlo park. Yeah. Five million is what it's worth. And they're the original owners. Is they this paid like the zero dollars. Like yes. Your dad or what? Yep. And they he still lives zero? there. I think. They, oh. well, they, they he lives in the house. He inherited yeah. it. He oh will like, and he will, and they're still alive. I found all this out recently. 95 wow. years old. Same house. Only the good same everything. <laughs> right. And oh I know that they, they have many, they, they owned gas stations and like for, you know, they have like franchises and stuff. They, there's money in the, that side. And I had to just accept that. That's tough. I will never, that I am okay with just saying you take your, that. And yeah. I don't want any of it. And, and, but. Oh man. I, I did. I was like, man, there is no amount of, of like swallow my pride or whatever. Put that to no. the side to then like get the inheritance. I can't do it. I could never. Yeah. I'd rather be poor and, and happy. Yeah. But that's cause it's such an obvious, right. you know, whatever. But if your parent is just sort of like nasty yeah you know like yeah and cantankerous and you just have to what a good word your lip i mean that's a lot but okay but after listening to that i thought so everyone's mentally ill and if everyone's mentally ill then nobody's mentally ill right you know what i mean right so that's i wonder this that yeah is okay so we've seen in a lot of studies and as a therapist and and you know uh prescribing in a way these interventions for people to do that will help regulate um emotions and and balance out that parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system get out of that fight or flight place blah 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 often involve being in nature disconnecting from technology being surrounded by loved ones and like people who you care about doing things where you're being very present and connected and often like interacting with in like a real, uh, deliberate way with your, just being present basically and being mindful. Yeah. And now here we are in this, this age of technology where the, a lot, the, the life, a lot of us lead don't allow for that. Like it's a lot of sitting in front of screens. It's a lot of not Mm -hmm. being present. It's a lot of, of being almost somewhere else in our mind than in our physical body. And I can't imagine that a lifestyle like that wouldn't Mm. produce some of these, or at least raise the frequency or the, the, the rate of these kind of, yeah. Because we see it in teenagers, depression and anxiety is higher since social media. Yeah. Sent, like this is just a fact. So, you know, I, I really think that that the solution could be go like more of a, not a solution, but like a tool that can help mm-hmm. is balancing out that 
fast-paced technological life with a more like organic and present and mindful one. And, you know, there's so many studies that say somebody with ADHD taking a walk in a green space will have a similar effect of a lot of the drugs that they give them. Hmm. You mean like nature or yeah. literally green? Okay. Like, liter- like, like walking in grass, being around trees. Like it, there's a certain yeah. amount of time. I want to say it's like 15 minutes. It's not even that much. Mm-hmm. That you will see similar effects to some of the stimulants, like some drugs yeah, that you put people with right. ADHD on. That being in yeah. nature is such an important part of that. And we are moving farther and farther away from that every day. Yeah. Right. The whole societal structure is built on yes. things that are bad for our health. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh. That's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. And, you know, we just got a, a, a PlayStation and um, we bought it used and this guy gave us a bunch of games with it and they're mm-hmm. all shooter games. And I made a bit, big point to Eli. I said, I will, I love having like a gaming console. I love playing video games. I cannot have shooting sounds in my home. I cannot mm-hmm. have there cannot be the sound of gunfire. There cannot be the sound of like violence. I cannot, that will absolutely interfere with my mental health. And I think about all of the kids who that's been so normalized, like playing those like first person shooter games or, you know, and and we've seen that women who play like war-based video games, like call of duty or whatever, while they're pregnant will have similar birth rate, like the, the weights of the babies born are similar to those that we see in actual times of war. Oh my God. Which means that their brains and bodies cannot tell the difference between playing a video game and simulating war and fucking being in at war. So I think that that is not good. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. th- this, 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 I'm not, these are the study. This is what it shows though. The birth, the weights of the baby are lower on average, which is the, exactly insane. what you see in a stressful environment during times of war. So come on. So we got to like, good. we're very it's fragile. So fucking good. We're so fragile. We're very resilient, but we're also very fragile. We're very yeah. easily influenced. Yeah. And I, I don't think like that, that that was a lot of what we talked about in that second episode of like how, and in a way, some of what TJ said kind of linked into this too, about the power of the mind and being able to control your emotions in certain situations and like manage fear. I think I that's also hard like to, to manage do. body odor oh God, with please. Lumi deodorant. Sometimes <laughs> I need a little more help <laughs> other times to Sometimes manage Sometimes we can't odor. do it on our own. We need Lumi. <laughs> yeah. Lumi's awesome. Anywhere you stink, you can put it. It smells like a dream. Here's my one of my favorite products that they have that I, I think we don't think about as much is the body wash. I don't know about you, yeah, but there like are that. certain times of the month where mm-hmm. it feels like no matter how much I wash those pits, I, I get out of the shower and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how... What is this like waterproof pheromones that I have? Like, yeah, water resistant (laughs) pheromones. So that hat, it's an acidified body wash and Mm -hmm. it will knock out that smell, not cover it up, really get rid of it. That is so true. It's clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with regular soap alone. Um, 
And these things really last. Like it blocks odor all day and controls it for 72 hours. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And they have a deal. They are offering our listeners, uh, new customers, get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code WRONG at LumiDeodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Like we said, you can put it on your feet, any part of your body that's it's smelly. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, TJ was like, he loves to be like quasi-zen philosopher despite his association. I think he recognizes the power of the mind and how Mm -hmm. you have to be, like we talked about, present. You know, he said um, being mentally in the winner's circle Mm -hmm. already, you know, and talking about putting the emotions to the side to be able to get the job done. I think it's pretty common for athletes to really get into this, the worldview like that because they see how you can psych yourself out or you can visualize your victory and then you do like they know firsthand, like you actually can put your mind over matter. Yeah. You got to hijack the brain, like hack it to like trick it into. Yeah. But like you said, most of the most of the ways that our brains are hacked right now are by companies trying to make money, you know? Right. Like, right. Which is telling us we're not good enough. We can't do it. We need this fucking Stanley Cup to be And like you want this okay. like and yeah. it'll give you dopamine or whatever. Oh, it's like Vegas in your hand. Um, I guess I would say I got it. I, you know how I hate when TJ yells at people when they quit? Yeah. Like, okay, so... I called him out on that, and here's what he said back in that day. You know, you know why I get so pissed off about that, Susie? Because there's a million people out there yeah. that would do anything to get on that show. Oh, and yeah. he's taking up a place. Yeah, He's I get taking it. up somebody's chance to go on there and make it happen, you know, and make and make a name for themselves and make, you know, make good on what they want to do. And that's, that's some bullshit, man. You're just going to... Come on there and then just quit like nothing, like that's, and not even be bummed about it. The thing is with that, I get what he's saying mm-hmm. that you know this is a special thing to be cast on a TV show, and that yeah. you shouldn't just like say yes and then when as soon as you feel a little homesick, you abandon ship and you've right. taken that spot. I get it, but like. He yells at people that quit even when it's not frivolous, like when it's more like they just can't do it or they're too tired because they have been forced to stay up all night or, you know what I mean? I 100% do. And the other thing is ever since I saw the movie Free Solo with the rock climber, now his name is escaping me, but mm, I don't remember what it is, Uh, Mm. but that guy who climbs these huge rock faces with no ropes has mm-hmm. lower functioning of the amygdala. His fear center does not light up in the same way that yours and mine would to say, mm-hmm. this is really terrifying and you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, especially after reading our book, Why We Act, our Brain Candy book club pick from last month, there's a lot of ways that are brain will 
get in the way and our brain will like say no. Well, cause we know Just, what the, um, reverse of the free solo guy is. It's OCD. Yeah. Over your brain. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everything's a threat. Everything. So I, I think that when we, when we think about TJ up there and we think about mm-hmm. the ways that he's been exposed to risk, fear, risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he's in a way, it's almost like the first time you go skydiving versus the 100th time you go skydiving. TJ's been skydiving 7,000 times. He's a little mm-hmm. less terrified of jumping out of the plane than maybe the person who's never done it before and has no experience. So somebody who's put themselves in, uh, you know, the X Games and all these games and been riding BMX bikes since they were a kid and putting themselves at the top of a huge ramp and sending it and like looking that fear in the face and overcoming it, they have, I, I guarantee he has lower level functioning in the amygdala than you or I, because Mm -hmm. of, of an, a a mere exposure, like effect. And it is a scale, you know, there's a range. Yes. So I think he's not recognizing that people are actually experiencing terror. And, you know, when he talked about the thing I worry about is like my dogs getting hurt for them, that's that same feeling. Mm-hmm. that something is going to happen and it's really bad and I'm scared of this right now. Mm-hmm. And I had never, I had felt the same way TJ did with a lot of the, the challenges like heights over water, you know, oh, that's the big deal. I never got, because I had never really experienced that fear thing before. Then when I was on my honeymoon in Thailand, I went scuba diving and we went in, and I was with, you know, a guide and we went into a cave and in the cave, my flashlight died. And at that moment, I was in pitch dark. I couldn't see where the exit was. I was ju- all I could think about is I don't know if, uh, how to get out of here, and I don't know if I have air to like. And I started to panic. And I, in that moment, I remember thinking, "Oh, I feel bad for every time I yelled at somebody on a challenge to just get over it because there is no amount of just fucking get over it that will make me okay right now." There's mm-hmm. when I got out of the water and people were like, just take a deep breath. Fuck you. I thought I was going to die. Everything in my body said, you won't survive. And that, mm-hmm. and I never understood fear that people had on the challenge until that very moment. And that was my first like taste of it in a way. And once that door was open, then I had, then I started, it was like a, like my threshold had lowered for, mm-hmm. because I'd experienced that feeling already more things than created that feeling. Yeah. Right. I can't explain it, but like that I had, I remember, I'll never forget having that awareness of being like, I kind of feel bad that I did. Yeah. Was that like, because this feels terrible and I would not mm-hmm. want anybody to say that this isn't real. What's happening to me right now. And I did that to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the condemnation it's, I know he, I can understand maybe why him, why he might think it or feel it, but the reason why he says it is because it was, it's great TV and that's at the expense of somebody else. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I, I think he's sincere. Like, I think he genuinely thinks he's sticking up for like, what's right. 
by calling yeah. people out recording, but yeah, not really into yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, what are you, what are you going to prioritize? You know, when I think back on some of the partners that I had that quit now, mm-hmm. I'm like, good on you. That was the right thing to do. You should have left. In mm-hmm. fact, I should have left that fucking challenge too, because that it was not, we were not treated right. That is not how you were, you were smart for doing that. So in a mm-hmm. way, like who's, who's wiser, the person who doesn't quit, but does the thing that is putting themselves in harm and in danger or the person who goes, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I think that person knows what's best for themselves and that's okay. It's good. Good for them. Mm-hmm. They're the, they're the smart. Trishel was the smartest person on that season who packed her bags and left after she was right. injured and wasn't getting the medical treatment she needed. Uh, they should do a reality show where it is like the challenge, but just with hosts of all the other shows so they can see oh what it's God. like. And then pepper in some of like so the craziest good. actual oh. cast members to live with. How, how do you like it now? Because when he's like, no, you know what you're getting into. I'm like, no, you fucking No, know. you don't. And it's really the hard easy part for is TJ the house, to say. Idiot. Yes. When he goes back, I have seen the yeah. places that TJ gets to right. stay. He is in like the luxury, you know, compound. He's got a pool in his like outside of his bedroom. He's got, you know. He thinks the hard part is the physical challenge. Right. Part. That is not the hard part. And so, like, for him to act like, no, no, you know what you're getting into. It's like, you don't even know because you've never you done do it, not. sir. Right. Now I'm all mad again. Yeah. <laughs> TJ. Yeah, and I think it. I was, like, too nice. Now I'm like, hang on a sec. <laughs> because you probably thought, well, he's not the problem. It's all the... Yeah. And he's not. And then he's I was so excited that he had said that he would want to be my partner. Like, he would pick yeah. me for, for his partner. So I was just like, you know. You yeah. You were blinded. I wonder by... if he would still pick Johnny as his partner, Did knowing he? what he knows. Yeah, he picked Johnny as his male, the male partner that he would want to. That's really with. weird. And I bet he wouldn't. Yeah. I'd bet he picked Jordan. Mm-hmm. Or I want to know how CG. would you feel about him after you know that he cheats? Well, yeah, and he was there. And he what? He was there whenever yeah. that was exposed. I would want to interview him again and ask him, how'd you feel when Johnny cheated and took the Adderall? Oh my God. <laughs> I would love to ask yeah, him that. He would not answer. He would plead the fifth. I know. I know. I'll tell you what I don't need to plead the fifth about. And that is how much I love HelloFresh. Um, you know, we love them. We've always loved them. I just tried the family friendly plan recently and I just wanted to, Tell everybody that's great, especially if you have little kids, because it's real hard getting recipes and dinners that those cranky jerks <laughs> love. And so the family-friendly plan is great, but all of them are great. They have quick and easy. They have like low-calorie stuff, 15-minute super quick ones, but it just makes it so easy, especially this time of year. I do not want to go to the grocery store it, they make they send you the ingredients and the recipe and then it's delish and now they have breakfast too and so they have a deal go to hellofresh.com/wrongfree and use code wrongfree for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com/wrongfree with code wrongfree 
America's number one meal kit. That's a great deal. Love it. Okay. One thing from episode 60 that I did want to know, because you sneezed in the episode. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Here we go. Doing this. And so instead of... (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's never happened on here before. (laughs) I couldn't turn my head. What do you think it is? Maybe is it the orchid? No, I like orchid. I don't know. I just had to sneeze. I know. I just wanted to analyze it. I heard if you rub your, if you have to sneeze and you rub your, the top of your, or the roof of your mouth with your tongue, yeah, then you won't have to sneeze. Or you can say the word banana. Sarah. Yes. Um, do you think that that is true? These yes. old wives tales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause totally. I, <laughs> well, I wanted to know about the bananas one. Like, why would that be? Yeah. Um, I think it's just because it, when you say the word, it happens to be that the your tongue touches the roof of your mouth like that. Oh, because somebody a different, you know, myth or whatever is yeah. to say pickles, and I think that they said cool. it's because if you say an odd word, it distracts you. So that's the, it falls. Into I the don't banana believe category. that. And pickle isn't <laughs> that odd if you live in Susie's house or yeah, it's an everyday right. word around here, right? Yeah, I think it has more to do with the nerves and the connection between your like sinuses and the roof of your mouth there. And okay, stimulating yeah. So the, the use your tongue. You may be able to stop a sneeze by tickling the roof of your mouth with your tongue. After five to ten seconds, the urge to sneeze may dissipate. Another tongue method involves pressing your tongue hard against your two front teeth until the urge to sneeze passes. Okay. I love it when I just like say something and it turns out that it's right. Cause every now and then I, mean, like, I don't mm, know, I don't know, I, but I think, uh, you know, a lot of these are more in the, you know, like the hiccups thing where you scare somebody. Yes. Cause like yes. what you were saying earlier about how the brain can be hacked, the brain yes. can be like, wait, we're oh, red balloon. And then they forget your brain forgets yep. it was going to sneeze. <laughs> totally. I could see that being, I could see that being a thing. It's just like distracting yeah. it and getting it onto a yeah. different track in a way. One of yeah. my favorite parts from that episode, a lot of things that I enjoyed in these episodes were the the moments like that. There was another moment where <laughs> you took a break to tell me to stop picking at my face. And yeah. I really loved that little moment where I was like, <laughs> wow, I feel so seen. And you know, it's just like what we do. And we're like real people over here. And who hasn't been there? And Yeah, I mean... A lot of the early episodes were, I mean, cl- it was clear that we thought we were just talking to ourselves. Just, yeah, chit-chatting. And- there was no sense of like, this is important and we should... <laughs> I'm like, hey, you want a splash? Can I just take top off your drink? Yeah. Just make a bunch of noise with the glasses in the background? But maybe that's why people got into it. They felt like they were right there. Yeah. you're. It's like kind of when... Uh, old timey radio shows would, would do all of the sounds in the background and they're like clinking glasses and like typing on a typewriter yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We should, do right. that. we should bring in like, more of that. Like, yeah. What do they call fo- fo- Foley artist. Oh yeah. The people who like I do love crunch that. on leaves. I love that shit. I Watching know, those people. Fun. They're so, and the sounds that they use to make things are never so what innovative. you think they are there. It'll be yeah. like, Oh, we're just like, I don't know, used a zipper and a fan and a yeah. balloon. And you're like, what the fuck? How did you come up with that? Yeah. That is fun. I could get into that. 
maybe in another life. I could see, I could definitely see that. And I could see your whole family being in. Yeah. That. Adam, <laughs> right. got Everything is always engineer. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are a package deal. <laughs> so um, I also totally forgot that you had your nose pierced. Oh, yes. Yes, I what did. What other piercings have you had? That that was it. Just uh, ear no belly nose. button never? Mm-mm, never did that. Okay. I I was no. I was wondering that was going to be my que- well that is my was my question for you is like have you had your belly button pierced because it felt like you were kind of in that age where a lot of people yeah. were doing the That's belly so button true. piercings because of Britney and yeah it was like yeah. I'm a little bit after that just mm-hmm. but everybody who was like my role model or 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 who I looked up to in you know elementary school high school yeah I always had belly button piercings you like the medgy. Yeah. One thing I did get wrong is when we had, we had Miles Kahn on, who was, I think a showrunner on, or maybe a writer for, I forget what his title was on the show, but for Samantha B, what was that show Mm -hmm. called? I think, yeah. uh, Something with Samantha B. I forget. What was that show called? It was so good. I, I no longer watch or even like political comedy. Mm. Like Tell Daily Show or that type of thing, like Colbert even. Or, yeah. Um, it was not effective. Like, oh. I think progressives thought, look, how, like there was this smugness and still is about like, we're the cool kids and mm. we're funny and you're idiots. And, mm-hmm. and Jordan Kessler it was does so- that especially. Yeah, there's this whole group of, you know, that's what they do for their job and whatever. But it just feels like it was not effective. It didn't convince anybody to become like a Democrat or what or agree with. And me the only people watching it are people who already agree with those beliefs and ideas. Yeah, it's preaching to the choir for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it can quickly become mean spirited. And I do think it cre- it broadens the gap between people. And if we do want to understand why people disagree with us politically, it's like not helpful to like make them out to be bumpkins. Yeah, and- make a mockery of them. And it really does show an us and them. And then as soon as you draw that line, then the yeah. other side is going to immediately see you as the enemy. And, and it'll be even harder to agree on something. And, yeah. you know, once again, I want to reference that book, Why We Act, that we read, where it said uh, there was a study on Manchester soccer fans, football mm-hmm. fans, who, uh, you know, they had somebody, uh, they were doing an experiment to see what would happen and how likely they would be to help. And when somebody, so they're all like mm-hmm. walking to the stadium and then an actor pretends to fall and hurt his ankle and like need help. And when that person was wearing a Manchester United football jersey, 93% of them stopped to help. When they were wearing the opposing team, like a Liverpool jersey, I think it was only like 30-something percent mm-hmm. stopped to help. And so that, mm-hmm. that, that drawing a line and saying this person is on the other side, they're not like us, reduces our likelihood to help to reach out to connect to that we're immediately like, nope, I don't care about them. Our, our care and our, our mm-hmm. humanity goes down. And in a way, mm-hmm. what you're saying is kind of that, like uh, uh, we're doing that. 
Yeah, I don't know. I get it. Maybe it's an age thing because maybe when you're 20 and whatever, and you're still figuring out what you believe in, maybe it's useful for that age group. I don't know. But by the time you get to my age, I'm like, this isn't funny anymore. And yeah. like, there's actually consequences going on in politics all the time. And we're just over here yucking it up and being like, look at yeah. those idiots. I, I wish know. there were something that, that like a show or, or I don't know, even like a network that, and maybe NPR tries, but not really. I mean, we, yeah, like, but that instead highlighted the similarities or like things like we can all agree on this. Right. And I, mm-hmm. I don't even know what those subjects are. So I feel like if, if somebody came along and said here, like, let's, can we, can we start with this? Do we all agree this? And, and, and maybe, well, know. almost always people agree on the principle it's the how we get there, uh-huh. you know, because like people yeah. that have guns, they don't want murders, <laughs> you know, they're all for right. everyone no living, murder. right? <laughs> but <laughs> they have a different belief about how you accomplish uh-huh. that uh-huh. than I do, yeah. you know, but yeah. I don't know. We Maybe I'm go, an old fuddy now. Yeah. We got to go like, <laughs> yeah, don't go guns. Like, do you like grilled cheese? Can we agree on that? Like something very, very, like, like should, I don't know. Does everybody deserve the right to breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Something like that. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Um, what did you think of the Adam Frank discussion? He's like an astronomer. Did you He's hear that so one? Great. Yeah. Yeah, he was nice. I, I think what what I found really interesting was when he mentioned that both of his parents were writers. And Mm -hmm. the way he talks and the way he, the analogies uses and the way he describes things really just shows like a creative thinking and like connections that he make. And I really, I love it when somebody in science or somebody in the arts has family or background or in science or vice versa, you know, where Mm -hmm. like you're an artist, but your parents were scientists or you're a a scientist and your parents were artists. Like that creates a really well-rounded individual who can see many different sides of a problem. And, you know, I just, I just liked him a lot. And Mm -hmm. I, I disagreed though with what he said about how he like stares off and and looks out at a scenery and, and he thinks, man, my problems are meaningless because we're just one of many. Okay. Here. To me, when I think about like how big the universe is, it doesn't make me depressed. It makes oh, me very happy. What's the okay. secret? Why not? <laughs> what it means is who cares about my problems, man? Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, 
oh, I'm sorry, my you know my sink is busted, which actually it is at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a it's a giant universe that's been around 13.7 billion years. How much can that? What? How much of a bummer can that be? You don't like it. Because I, as I, when I was listening to it again, and maybe this is just because, you know, we're more pessimistic or whatever. Yeah, I know. But as I'm real. listening to it, I was like, okay. Even though the ants are just this small little thing on this planet, and it are just like ants, they're like nothing. I mean, to us, too. Like, oh, the ant. To the ant, that job of carrying the leaf from this part of the colony to, this, to build this is the most important thing and you cannot tell that ant that there is anything they are they are like it, i don't care if i mean nothing and if i could be stomped on i still have a job to do hmm. and i think yeah. that 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 the awareness of of the vastness of the universe does not do anything to reduce my workload <laughs> right because sarah what when you say workload like if we follow that thread what you're really saying is survival right oh to buy food (gasps) to not die you are so fucking right yeah and so like (laughs) that's it right and so like what he's doing i get his his intention but he's diminishing your life (laughs) A hundred percent. Because if I'm just like, I was sitting in the bath this morning listening, like I get up so early on these days, like listen to the podcast, do this. And I'm like sitting in the bath listening to this and, and he's saying, you know, we just like, who cares if this thing, I'm like, I have such a busy schedule today. I could not say, <laughs> right. you know, who cares? Like, let's just fill up the tub and, and, and yes, cause, right. enjoy cause this if bubble bath for the rest connected of the day. Connected those dots, you might be out of a job. You might yep. lose whatever. Everything. Well, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't just not do the little job of the ant of like building the cult. Like, like I am programmed to do this. And the awareness. Why does this feel like man advice too? Because I that book- thought so too. <laughs> Because they like, always this the say this, like of being a dude. Don't don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. Yeah, because his wife is taking care of the big stuff. <laughs> Poor Adam. He was I so know, nice. It's probably not true. He was so nice, and he's like amazing. But I was just listening to this, where this woman was talking about all of these, like, oh, you know, male podcasters or whatever who are like write books on like the this is how to to tackle your work week and rise do and X, grind, y, and C. rise and rise grind, and grind. exactly. And this mm-hmm. woman on the podcast was saying, if you read all of their dedication pages, they're like to my wife Molly, who's <sighs> sacrificed everything, who stays with the babies, who does this and this and this. That woman cannot wake up and do a fucking ice plunge because she's got to get up and take <laughs> care of your fucking kids. Yeah, Sarah. She doesn't it's have time true. for the rise and grind because she's rising and grinding your coffee so you can have like, <laughs> fuck off. That is so. so true. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? That's how I felt. Because basically what he's saying is stop being hysterical. Calm down. <laughs> it's not that bad. You just surrender to the vastness of the universe. He's also so lovely and so wonderful. He's and so and nice. I, and it, and it is he important. It works for him. Things, but, like that point yeah. of view calms him down and 
makes him feel perspective. So he's not going to get upset needlessly. That's great. Yeah. Great. But that would, it doesn't work for me. Me neither. And having that <laughs> attitude, I want to know how that helped his sink. Yeah. Where's the pipe now? Right. You had to call a plumber, but you, still you had, had money to, to pay to for like, it. Right. And yeah. Survival is what we're all. Adam. <laughs> I mean, you got to find what works for you. That just ain't it for me. Yeah. But those are two good episodes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, maybe next time I will talk more about the mental health stuff because it did with what we read last month for Candy Club, the Why We Act book that you keep referencing. And then other news stories I keep reading may have made me continuously think about identity and how like mm-hmm. we're just like a bag of bones with <laughs> with all these wires in our brain and if a chemical comes that you know is new, it's like you're a different person or if you have a brain injury, people become totally different. So it makes you want it just brought me down the road of the Robert Sapolsky argument that there's no such thing as free free will. Like, so I want to talk more about it next time, maybe because I'm not done. I love it. It's a lot. Yeah, it really is. I thought it was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Those were good. And I wasn't expecting the TJ one to be good because I forgot we had those two other guys on there. So that was fun. Um, we got a lot wrong, but not as much as Adam. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. kidding. <laughs> right. He was like one of my favorites on there. And we're like, oh, I hate optimism and, and, and like, well, it just was, there's, there's not one trick to like, that thought is not going right. to rid us of anxiety. There's no, it's just daily. It's so daily, as you say. Sometimes I have heard other men say this too, that looking at the ocean is soothing to them because they see the vastness of the, and people think this about space and, and that that helps them with perspective. It does the opposite for me. Yeah. I really would still like have a to deadline. see, I, I, I want to see if this is a male, female thing. Right. I bet we could do a poll of like, what brings you more calm imagining that or like, it's like inward focus versus outward focus. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something I there. Get yeah. And and then I ended up feeling this it's like nihilistic where eventually I'm like, nothing matters. We're not in control of anything. Our brains are so malleable and don't right. follow logic. And I'm like, what are we even doing here? What are we doing here? <laughs> it's so depressing. <laughs> or just try it. So I say it's hard being a person, right? Yeah. And that's it's especially true because hard. nobody knows what is going on. Right. And what one person's normal is totally different. We talked about that. And with like religion, your belief system is your belief system. And there's no amount of logic or reason that's going to change that. And everybody's is different based on the the experiences they've had and the, the collection of, of life events. You ever hear that there was something in the news recently. It was like, when one person says a color, do we all see the same thing? And then they're like, nope. I'm like, <laughs> Now Stop, this right. I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's enough. What is true? Right. This is, yes. this is, yeah. So interesting to unpack. It's very philosophical. We're getting on this one. Yeah. But I, it doesn't, it's not inspiring. 
it's it gets me down. I think it helps point to what to focus on. Like I said, that for me, it's that being present, being in nature, mm-hmm. being mindful, being connected to a smaller group mm-hmm. in a more sincere and, and um, authentic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yours involves connecting. Yeah. Adam's just out there looking at the sky or whatever. (laughs) This poor guy. (laughs) Well, anyway, I guess that's all. Unless you have anything else you want to share before we go. Uh, No, that, you know, just. uh, Yeah, that's it. As TJ says, you just have to do it. No worries. That's it. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've, we, we didn't make any headway. We didn't learn anything today, but we did. Oh, we did kind of like thinker. the sneeze we thing. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> yes. It's just like, you know, to chew on. interesting conversations to like have maybe, you know how we, we, there's that, um, like what's your Roman empire thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe this can be like the new question that the, uh, you know, what we ask in yeah. our male female relationships or to our, our male friends or female friends of what brings you more comfort thinking of the yeah. vastness of the universe or thinking, and I need to figure out what the other half of that is. The, 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 or do you find comfort thinking in, about the vastness of, and how we're just a small yeah. little speck on a fucking floating rock? <laughs> right. Okay, everyone. Well, have a great day. Get out there and rise and grind. Rise and grind. We'll see you next time.